At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome you, Porch Talk. We're going to start the show off with a song called Swamp Thing. I'm not going to share anything about it right now. Some of you will get it. Brian is going to share about the process behind that song during the show. All right, here we go. Here's Swamp Thing. Oh, and not to shock you, uh, turn turn your volume down and readjust when the song comes on. It comes strong at the gate. Alright, welcome you to another episode of Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and tonight I am burning the phone lines down in the New Orleans and Ocean Springs area to catch up with Brian Riles of the Green Mantles. So, uh, Brian, how you doing tonight, brother? Doing good, doing good. 
Well, man, it is, uh, it's great to have you on the show. And uh, just for uh, out the gate, man, are you originally from that area your whole life? I was born in West Palm Beach, Florida, but when I was about a year old, we moved to the New Orleans area. and We've kind of lived right around, in, either in New Orleans or around New Orleans for most, most of my life afterwards. Well, just your music background, vinyls uh, from your parents, or uh, was it some, a song on the radio? What got you into music? I think I really, I, I, I was really into, I guess, maybe being a child of the 70s or something. 50s music was a really big deal at the time, you know, the retro side of, of you know, 50s coming back. And I was always into, you know, Elvis and that sort of thing. And uh, and I also think not so much from a musical point, at least in it, it originally, but I really loved Kiss. And I later got into them as as musicians but at the time in the 70s it was like yeah the kiss was right up my alley and elvis again this even all the 50s kind of stuff as well so most music that i knew came from my parents i think playing 50s music maybe some 60s stuff in there too like the beach boys or something i got you but uh yeah so that was my earliest influences and so man just growing up in the new orleans area man uh, a little bit about what was that like just coming up in school and um from the time you picked up the instrument, what was growing up like? What was you into? Well, I said I when I was a little say in the seventies, I used to uh, do these little Elvis impersonation things with the the record playing in the background. So I was really kind of obsessed with that kind of thing. And then you know when I, I never really had an interest necessarily in playing instruments, but I just liked the idea of performing. I think you know from that very early on. And in New Orleans, you, you're definitely exposed through Mardi Gras and, and just the city itself. There's a lot of music all around you. All and the I time. Think it, you know, just from everywhere. And, and, and you got to think, I, I, the, there was a lot of dance element to the music, which eventually made its way into, you know, what I really is a big theme of what Green Mantles became. But, you know, you, you, there's a lot of shuffles and there's a lot, I mean, it's a drum term, but I mean, it's just not, maybe not everyone knows what a shuffle is, but, but you know, it's it's those kind of rhythms, those grooves and, and those those kind of, I guess, from jazz music and from rockabilly and right. you know, country or whatever. So, um, and, you know, so that, I think that's a big part of just, just growing up. And I also think the influence of the environment, it's a, you know, it's kind of a swampy, hot, environment so i think that does influence in at least in some way or another your your tones or sort of the way that, that you're you know, the way that you approach things in life i think <laughs> yeah absolutely man um i spent quite a bit of time in new orleans and uh like it's it's off it's it's like stepping into a new world almost yeah, sure, sure. It's different than a lot of other cities in the United States. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a melting pot, and uh, it's got its own flavor. And I lived down in Mobile for a while, and uh, you know, yeah. Mobile and New Orleans has this thing about arguing over who did Mardi Gras first. But it's, yeah, but to Mobile me, it's it first. but to me, it's not about being first. It's about who does it best. <laughs> right, right, right. You're right on that. You're right on that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it's so. Man, just to kind of go off into the Green Mantles and introduce people to that, uh, tell me a little bit about like the formulation of the band and like uh, how you started finding the guys that would come uh, to be a part of the Green Mantles. Uh, well, I first started playing in bands in the very late 80s, 
and then I, there was some guys that I played with in high school and during that time period that were part of the original Green Mantles, which started in 2002. And then there's been so many people from so many different areas, like for a brief time, well, I'll say a brief time, off and on, I've lived in Fort Lauderdale as well. So there's like, there's a couple guys, uh, Mike and Pete Campbell, who I did a lot of shows with, um, who, who are from that area. Um, and then uh, in this area, like the current lineup has Lance Reynolds and Cannon Blue. They're from uh, Ocean Springs. And then Chip Bullard, who's from uh, New Orleans. And actually, there's this new guy I just started playing with this named Simon Palmer. He's from uh, the Ocean Springs area as well. Okay. But as the years went on, because it's been so long, there's been so many different lineups. It was there were people that were located like if we did a show and even one time we did a show in california and i have a friend that came in and played with me there so there would be various different lineups depending on where like i know a guy one of the guys that i played with in high school um, tom clough he lives in uh prague in the czech republic and so we did some shows out there and in germany oh wow just kind of yeah we started to do well, that started us doing more stuff in europe which we we play a lot of I say a lot, but I mean the last maybe five or six years did a lot of shows in Scotland. So because of all the different places we had been, like been to England and we went to Ireland and everything, but uh, Edinburgh, Scotland, which is the capital of Scotland, mm-hmm. there's actually a bar there called the Green Mantle. Nice. Um, yes, yeah, so it was kind of a strange coincidence. Yeah. But that was a city that also you know there were certain people there that I would come and, and like I played there last summer. And if my guys from here couldn't make it, then some people there would be, oh, we'll be Green Mantles while you're here. So that uh, that's great, man. And and like just I guess to back it up, um, earlier to those high school days and getting into it, like uh, those bands before were those like cover bands mixed with some originals, or what? What did that look like to to that point to the Green well, Mantles? When I first started playing, it was. I think, you know, it's funny, you got original bands, you got cover bands, but then you also have bands that are almost both. And I would point to, just to use as an example, I guess Metallica is a band that does a lot of covers, but they also, of course, are known for their original material as well. And so when we first started in the late 80s, we were doing, you know, mainly originals, but, you know, your whole set would be 25 minutes long. You were doing punk stuff. And so you'd have to throw in, you know, some Ramones or whatever misfits or whatever to, to fill out your set absolutely and you know so we did that for a while and we were that kind of a band i guess kind of like a punk sort of a punk kind of thing and then in the early maybe 92 or so we got into industrial music which at first all our friends were really impressed by it but uh i think that you know we kind of went off on a tangent and i think you know, it's like one of those things where everyone started taking LSD or something and thought the songs needed to be 10 minutes long. And, right. You know, you know, have no beginning and end. Yeah. And so we drifted. We were, I was in bands that I, that I'm really not very proud of throughout the 90s. And then in 2002, early 2002, we just sort of looked back and said, okay, this is where people liked it and this is what people didn't like. And so when we did Green Mantles, we had a, uh, this sort of formula to Green Mantles that all the songs had to be dance songs. They could be originals, they could be covers, whatever. But, right. you know, 
we want to play. We're playing. You're mainly playing bars. I mean, sometimes you play other, but you're playing bars. You're playing parties. So as long as you can dance to it, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, what what else is going on necessarily. You can get away with it. You know, right. And uh, man, like just to kind of go back to uh, what you were saying earlier about it, it was kind of a geographic thing for y'all, depending on who would be in playing sure. that night. Um, I've got uh, a friend of mine. Um, the band's it's after himself, but depending on where he is in the states or wherever he's playing, there's no telling who might be in a company. Sure. And uh, sure. I, th- I think that's a beautiful thing when you know um, other singer or songwriters or people in other bands when you can. You can have that camaraderie. Absolutely, absolutely, and and it gives you get different. I'm always open to suggestions. So there's songs that we do that other people have come up. You know, most of them, most of the originals I wrote, but there are also songs from a variety of different people or whatever. If, if someone suggests something and it's good or it's fun, I'm all for it. I, you know, I'm I'm open to any ideas. From it. So when you bring in people like. The Campbell Brothers, who I play with in South Florida, they're almost like progressive. They almost, this is going to sound weird, but they sound almost if you were to mix something like Godflesh and Napalm Death with Frank Zappa or something. They're that real, is, that's a crazy know, mix. Way, yeah, way out there. It's way like very progressive music. So when they play with Green Mantles, it's something totally different. And I think they can, you know, it, it, but they, but they, regardless they bring in a little bit of what they're doing into it so even though it's the green males is a simpler kind of blues based thing or whatever they're still kind of bringing in that vibe and then you know the guys that are in the band now lance is a little more of of an 80s kind of guy and my bass player uh chip he's a little more metal you know so you get you know you get all those influences in there The, the different people you play with in different areas or whatever all have their opinions as to what they think Green Mandel should sound like, and I'm usually open to that. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy, man, to have like that different, like an '80s, and then one guy's heavy in the metal, and yeah, and then very progressive. Like I'm just trying to picture, like, well, we saw them in South Florida, and, and we caught them in Ocean Springs, New Orleans. It was a totally different vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah, and it's and sometimes it's not what you think either because like using the example of the guy Mike in, in Florida he plays not always but he plays a nine string guitar and but he's still playing he might be even going more in a country blues direction than the guy who maybe like say has a punk background because the punk guy might see it and say you know we could get a lot heavier whereas you know the guy in south florida might be like you know i do so much more heavy progressive stuff let's do something that's not that at all this is not that at all so that's not necessarily the heaviest version of the band cool man that's interesting and uh so just from there man like green mantles um started playing uh New Orleans, uh, Ocean Springs area, like branching out. How did how did the networking start? What uh, what set that off? Well, originally, I had come back from. Let's see, I guess I I briefly lived in in Atlanta, so I had come back from there, and I lived in South Florida before that for a little while. So we did a couple shows in this area, in the New Orleans area, but then we started playing in South Florida a lot and it was just, just easier to get gigs or just, we knew more people. And then somewhere along the lines, 
I started going out like maybe I, I that's why I played a place called Squeaky Lizard and uh, and the owner of the place is this the guy Lance who plays drums with us now so but through that I started to meet a lot of people out in uh, Ocean Springs and even though the majority of the people in the band uh, at least at least in the in the first incarnation and even half of the half the people that are involved now uh were from New Orleans. We didn't play New Orleans as much. You know, we played, there's a place called Checkpoint Charlie that we would always play. We've always played there forever, but we're not, we're almost really not part of the New Orleans scene so much. You know, we, you know, we, we tend to be, we do play with those bands sometimes, but most of our friends for whatever reason seem to be, it's really three cities. It's Ocean Springs, uh, Edinburgh, Scotland, and um, uh, Fort Lauderdale is where we knew the most people. Yeah, and then probably New Orleans after that. Okay. And so, um, just as that progressed, um, and getting out to California and even Europe, how did that take place? Uh, well, we were doing at the time the California gig came about because we were uh, me and the guy that I founded Green Mammals with. He's he got really deep into Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And I was doing it with him more for fun on my part. And uh, we went to the, the Pan Ams, which is like the, the Pan Am, these big games, a big thing where you have thousands of people come out on the West Coast for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And uh-huh. uh, so I went out there, we drove out there to do that, and then I booked some shows when I was out there. So I played with my friend uh, Scott Dernicourt, who was originally – well, he was actually originally from Detroit, but he had, I knew him from New Orleans, and then he was living in California. So when we went to California, I was like, yeah, man, let's let's do Green Mammals out here. You know, let's yeah. do it since I'm coming out here anyway. And then my friend Tom that lives in uh, Prague, I had I had a discussion with him, and he's like, well, he, he had played keyboards and he played drums. And he's like, well, dude, I, you know, why don't you come out here and we'll play Prague, we'll play Berlin or whatever. And so I went and did that. And I mean, Europe is really good, you know, for music. It's just whatever you're doing, you know, they, it seems like there's a big crowd for it. Yeah. And so then the way that, that, the way that they respect musicians too, is totally different from what I hear. I haven't been on a stage over there, but just from everything that I hear, it is, uh, they are in tune. Absolutely. And no matter even whatever you're doing, you know, whatever you're doing, you can probably find a crowd there. And so it worked in those places. And then I was like, all right, well, I want to do, you know, because the the band, the Green Mantle's name even kind of connected to the sort of Gaelic history, you know, and and it connected to Ireland and it connected to Scotland. So I was like, all right, let's do Ireland. Let's do England. Let's do Scotland. And we did that on a few occasions. But Edinburgh... (laughs) Uh, which that that city in Scotland is just one of the, it's just, you could go there with no gigs and play and and get gigs. You know, you could just show up and start playing. It's, it's, it's such a a artistic and a sort of musical Mecca. I mean, there's just people playing everywhere. So it's so easy to play there. And then the people are really, really friendly, really great people. And so it just became like, I would go and stay, in hostels for a few weeks at a time and just play everywhere I could play. And, you know, I've done that, I guess about once a year for the last six years or so. Cool, man. 
Yeah. Let me uh, let me ask you this: is just the difference between American and European culture? I don't. I've been thinking about it. I don't know if it's maybe that the European culture is it's an older culture and it just it seems to have a more reverence for the arts. Or, yeah. you know, and since America, I mean, we're kind of, you know, it's, uh, it's, it really is a me, me, me kind of culture. And, uh, sure. you have to make, you have to make an American care. Uh, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, I, I, I remember reading about the Stones talking about how the first time they came to America, I think they were playing with James Brown of, of all people. And, uh, just like it just, it stunned them because they were considered, you know, really over the top, the way that they would try to sell the songs in in uh, England or whatever. But when they got to the States, like, man, you know, people in the States would break their neck trying to entertain you. And I think that it is the case that, you know, they, they, there's, there's so much cultural diversity in the States that it isolates people, you know. So you got it people does. that, you know, it's hard. And it's hard for you, you know, I mean, you know, like to, to, to get from one place to another like, you, you know, I, I live outside of New Orleans at the moment in a place where there really isn't anything going on, you know. So there's a lot of people in the states that are in places that not, not much is going on. The cities aren't as conducive to uh, foot traffic, yeah. which something I noticed in Europe, and I think this makes a big difference, too, is that shows run on time. So if you have a show that starts at nine, I've seen shows that start at nine and they're supposed to be over at 1130 and they'll have four bands and somehow that works. Yeah. They backline everything. They know that, okay, people need to catch the bus at midnight or whatever. So they'll do it in such a way that we've backlined, like you don't have to drag a bunch of equipment everywhere. They've got the equipment there and, you know, the, if a show runs quickly and professionally, it's it's more entertaining. You know, you, you know. I mean, are you a musician? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so so you, I'm sure you know you've played plenty of shows where you sit around, yeah, until you know, three in the morning waiting to play or whatever. And right, that turns people off. You know. Yeah, and I mean, like when you start, uh, especially in like right now in Columbus, uh, it's a redeveloping music scene. Uh-huh. in columbus mississippi and uh there's a there's a bar that's recently started booking shows again and like everything was lined out you had three bands going well the middle band didn't behave yeah and so yeah. the everybody who came to see the last band well they're out well now we got to be here till closing time to hear them yeah and so i mean yeah. there's that so i mean with the American culture, I'm not hating on it. I'm a part of it, but it is, you know, sure. we are so entertained, and I think sometimes it's an ego thing. <laughs> it is. It, yeah, it, well, it's a more individualistic kind of culture, which is cool in its own way. But, sure. but yeah, it, it tends to be every man for himself a little bit. And But, you know, something that I've noticed is, is that when I was first playing shows, like in the late 80s, early 90s, whatever, there was a lot more stage management. So someone would, if you had three bands, the, the sound guy or somebody would point to you and say one more song. It'd be time to get off the stage. Now it's just like, well, I'll just do as you feel. So yeah, it can be terrible. a madhouse. Yeah. It's terrible for, for your audience. And if you don't, you know, if that's what the audience is coming to see and, and well, I came, and I've heard, I've heard it from so many people, you know, not just with shows that I played, even with bigger bands. I've heard people say, well, I, they said, you know, 11 o'clock, and now it's 1. 
I don't want to be here anymore. You right. Know? <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, I got work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I've got another life. I don't have to. You know. So you make it tough for people when people are going to just stay home. Right. Yeah, man. And it's it's uh, another thing. I don't know, like all the experiences that you've had in Europe, but uh, I love the stories from like those listening rooms and those. Maybe Green mm-hmm. Mantle is an example of that like a really small pub where it's almost sure. like when the when the artist steps on stage you could hear a pin drop well that's funny too yeah you, you've got places that, that have that kind of vibe where people will will be very reverential to the music and then the question is other places that are a little more you know like what you expect here um there's a place called the royal oak in scotland where I mean, it helps to know people, but you don't really have to know anybody. I mean, if you say you play, you'll get in, but you, you walk in and it's it's a small club, but it's packed, you know, packed to the gills. And they've got a guitar and they got a piano and sometimes they got some percussion stuff just lying around, no real stage. And they say, oh, you play. Well, okay. Oh, oh you know, well, they, they know me because I've played there enough times, but it'd be like, you know, come grab the guitar. Let's do a song. What key is it in or whatever? And so yeah. the whole... And the whole bar will, if you don't have a drummer, the whole bar will play percussion for you. So, <laughs> you know, so you've got that sing-along kind of thing. And I think it has to do, it's a it's a drinking culture, but it's a different drinking culture, you know. it's, a, it's it, There's a lot more um, community, I guess, to it is, is a better, is a way to say it, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of places like that, though. Like, I actually, one of the groups we play with is, uh, you, they're called... Um, the Ukaneers, and it was these U- ukulele group in Scotland, and there's probably 20 people that are officially in it. And so you go into the bar, and if you have a U- or if they have an extra one, they give the, the ukulele, and you just play along. And we stumbled ap- across that and started playing with them too. You know, oh okay. So there's there's already that many people playing, plus whoever else is in the bar, and everyone's just their people are going, oh, I'll sing along and drink to this. You know. Yeah. What uh, I guess with what like what are some of your favorite stories? Like, uh, was there any time there when you were just catching another musician or a band, and you just had your hair blown back? Maybe they were playing uh, something like uh, country or blues, something that you know naturally would come from here, and you hear it over there, and you're just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a guy named there's a guy named Terry Towles, I think I'm pronouncing his last name right, and uh, he he was very much like a like a blues kind of guy, and definitely reminded me of something from this area. There's another guy that that uh, books some of the shows that I do over there. His name's uh, Phil Ramsey, and he would kind of float around from instrument to instrument, but he does like a lot of. Uh, ska kind of things which i guess is kind of almost like a blowback to the connection they have to jamaica or whatever you right. know so so he brings that in and but then there's also kind of some americana stuff that that floats in there as well my my favorite experience there as far as uh, as far as like another band is like i guess it's kind of a well-known band but uh the exploited were playing and it was really cool because I got to get up and sing on the song with them. I was like, oh, that's nice, you know? Awesome. How cool is this? Yeah. You know, because they're, they're just local. The, the, the thing is, they're just locals, you know? It's like I grew up listening to band, like, I knew the Exploited forever. And it's like, oh, you want to meet the bass player? He works right here at the place you're playing. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it's that the people there, as I said, everybody coming from there is so so damn friendly. So, yeah. But 
they really appreciate the, a lot of, like you're saying, the Americana kind of stuff. There's a lot of people that that really like that, you know, sort of blues type deal or whatever country or whatever you want to rockabilly. Yeah. They, they appreciate it almost more than the Americans do, you know. Yeah. I, I guess it's it just it it be that way sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sure, it's, it's, sure. It comes right out of uh right out of your back door, and you don't really take it for what it is. Yeah, you take it for granted a little bit. Yeah, and so man, what about you? What what are some of your favorite experiences uh, that you've had personally on the stage over there, or just a crazy travel journey story? Well, we definitely have played some shows where you know it's packed house. You can get everybody to sing. We have songs that, that kind of have a call and response kind of thing going on, not just covers, but we have originals that are like that. So you can get the originals. You can get people to sing along, and it's it's nice when you're, you know, you're all the way overseas and you've got a room full of people, and they're singing along to your stuff. Yeah. Or you come back, you know, years later or whatever. Oh, do that song. I remember that song yeah. that you guys did. So. That's really, really cool. Um, but yeah, there's the thing that <clears throat> that gets you is is just the plane travel. You know, you're <clears throat> you wind up spending you know hours and hours getting. Sometimes you get stuck in places. I mean, we had to spend the night in Dublin, in the Dublin airport one night, and you know things like that happen. Sometimes, like we got into Amsterdam one time and. They did get me the guitar the next day. I didn't have a show anyway that night. But, but yeah, sometimes they lose the instrument, you know, so you have to <laughs> hope the instrument comes along. Great thing about touring over there is you really don't have to bring anything. You know, you can bring your instrument, of course, but they almost always have back lines. Yeah. Which is, which is, makes a huge difference, you know, but I've kind of focused more after floating around. I just kind of focused more just on, you know, the one Edinburgh is Scotland because, you know, you get to know people more and more there. It's the same thing. We tour somewhat, but what we usually do is just find a region. And that's like, I hadn't been back to Fort Lauderdale or that area in a long, long time, but in April we're doing a show in South beach. So that's like the first time to come back there for a while, but good plug. You know, you, you, you get you get to meet people, you know, in, in, in whatever area it is, and uh, you know, you if you float around too much, you may or may not really connect to an area, or, or you might play places that are kind of dead one night and then good the next. So yeah. if you know a bunch of people, it helps, obviously, you know. Yeah. And so, what about this with? Um... I know a lot of bands that they don't really like playing in their hometown. Like, they will. Um, Let's just say if you were based here in Columbus. uh, Right. You know, you might might book here five, six times for that year. That's the the goal. You'll end up doing a favor. But, uh, you know, the goal is to, we're a home band, we're proud to be from here, but uh, we are trying to get out there. Yeah, we're kind of like I guess we're kind of re- as a regional, and is even when it comes to, to something overseas, it's more region. You know, it's that one Scottish region or that South Florida region. So we've done California, we've done Prague or whatever, but we probably won't go. You know, we might go back, but I mean, there's th- those are places that that you know we just happen to play once. Like we played Memphis once, you know, but it's um, yeah, it, it's just more like you know we, we, we'll. When I say, I guess I say we're regional, 
but not necessarily just regional in the area that we're from. Like I said, it's those three main, well, four, I guess. You got yeah. New Orleans, you got Ocean, the Ocean Springs area, Biloxi, whatever, the, the, the Edinburgh area, and the Fort Lauderdale area. So you got four different, you know, regions that we will, we're likely to play in. Yeah. You know, but we do less shows. Like I said, we're closest to New Orleans, the, at least the, the main the main lineup is the closest to New Orleans, and uh, we probably do the least the least amount of shows there. Yeah, it's crazy how that works. Uh huh. It is strange. I don't yeah. know why, but yeah, it's, that's how it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's 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 so different from uh, musician to musician or band to band. Like, um, I know some of my favorite bands. Um, they may be local to, let's just say, Birmingham. And so you can literally catch them almost any night of the week in Birmingham. Yeah. And then on the weekend they travel. Sure, sure. And uh, and then you have the bands, you know, that are the exact opposite of that. And so I, yeah. I guess I think age has a lot to do with it. Uh, it gets yeah. it gets harder. Sure, it does. It does. It definitely does. That's the thing too. We do shows like. Like we play in Pascagoula a lot of times at the Celtic. It's a place called the Celtic, and uh, yeah. really nice guy that runs that place. I used so to work at Ingles. Okay, so if you've ever, yeah, like the the the, the Celtic um, is well, I don't know if you worked at Ingles, you might remember Thunder's Tavern. That used to be a big thing over there, but uh, yeah, they, they, there was Thunder's Tavern, and then there's the Celtic, and uh, and you had Jacks on the tracks. Okay, all right, yeah. So, so you know that that's close to Mobile. So, um, that's about two hours from where I live. So we'll we'll do shows there. Sometimes we'll do a show there and then do a show in Homa the next night. So Homa is an hour or so past where I'm at now. So you could be on the road four or five, six, seven hours just to play a show or two, you know, over a weekend. And so, yeah, it it it, it takes its toll on you. I think. Yeah. Since 2002, is uh, Green Mountain's been established, so 18 years. Yes. Been trucking, and yep. um, just with you, and uh, we'll just, you know, I guess with the bandmates circulating, uh, to talk a little bit about uh, your process with songwriting, and um, you know whether it be lyrics or the riffs, um, how does some of that stuff come together for you? I know it's going to look a little different each time but maybe uh, uh talk about uh one of the songs that's shared here on the on the show well the the um okay i guess like a song that that i would uh say well i'd probably send you a swamp thing it's one of the songs we're kind of known for um that you know it's it's, it's about the comic book actually but uh, that was written on from a drum machine which we sometimes will use drum tracks as well like electronic because i was always into depeche mode and stuff like that too so we'll kind of throw in some of that vibe depending if our drummer can't make it or whatever but a lot of the songwriting comes from uh like i'll get a drum machine track or i'll maybe i'll put together a track and then I'll just start playing along with it to get the riff that way. But then there's other songs that are more collaborative and there's a song called uh, cheerless witch, for example, which uh, this woman I know in, in South Florida had come up with the concept for the cheerless witch, which is this sort of Grinch kind of thing that she was doing for a play that she was putting on. And then this guy, Travis Newbell wrote 
most of the lyrics and then I wrote the music and the idea was, okay, come up with an Elvis kind of song or whatever. And so we did that. So that's a collaborative song. So, you know, you have Cheerless Witch that came out of, and we did actually, we did, there's a movie called Overtime, which is coming out, I guess, sometime this year that we were uh, asked to do the sound, like a song on the soundtrack for. And cool, man. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so we, it, I guess it's, it's a guy, a comic book writer out of uh, England who's, who was doing it. But we got, I was like, okay, here's my basic riff idea. And, you know, here's the, the kind of lyrical content. But then my drummer's like, okay, here's a cool pattern that I had in my head. And then my bass player, um, Chip said, he's like, oh, well, look, let's do like a John Carpenter bass line for this, like something John Carpenter would do in one of his movies or something. So that was an example of a collaborative thing. But I guess the majority of the songs are written off of uh, electro. I'll get some kind of drum beat, electron beat or whatever, and just jam out a riff and then and then come up with, okay, here's the words to it or whatever. Or maybe I'll have an idea. It's like, okay, we're going to write a song about this. Like we have a song that's a birthday song, so it's like okay, because that's always good when you're playing live. And uh, so it's like, all right, write a song about birthdays. I'm like, okay, come up with a birthday song, and it has this kind of vibe to it or whatever. But uh, yeah, so that's the majority of the way things are written. Swamp Thing, and then getting to write the uh, soundtrack for a comic book style movie. Uh, you a big comic yeah. book guy? Um, I, you know, I have been off and on. There was a the time, especially when I was younger, that I uh, that was really into them. You know, I had a lot of them, and then I guess like the seventies, eighties, or whatever. I used to go to this used uh, bookstore that had all kinds of old comics, and I was really into that. But then I'm kind of like, you know, I don't keep up with it now as much. But but yeah, I'll, I'll I always liked the Swamp Thing character. I liked I liked how the Ramones did. Well, there was a cover, really, but the Ramones did Spider Man, and yeah. they're from Flor- they're from Forest Hills, and Peter Parker was from Forest Hills. So, Swamp Thing was like, okay, that's based out of Thibodeau, which is not too far from here. I was like, all right, well, Homa. I'm sorry, it's based out of Homa, and so it's like, all right, well, a band from here should do Swamp, you know, the Swamp Thing song, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, because so, ain't nobody gonna know it like you know it. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, and, and so I guess, you know, there's, I guess there's, it, it's not in the songs as much as probably people perceive it to be, because I've had people ask me if, if we, you know, we, you guys are kind of like a horror punk band or something. We're not really a horror band, but it's just that, yeah, I was always into horror movies and I'm into comic books to a degree and into that kind of thing. So you'll see sort of some of that some of that stuff makes its way in that you know that kind of culture i guess makes its way into some of the some of the material y'all were to play mobile man yeah you know i i haven't i've never never played in mobile i don't think i played sarah land one time never played out in mobile yeah uh i could hook you up with a couple of bands that run that circuit and y'all would uh y'all would mesh well Oh, very cool, man. Well, as I said, some of the guys, you know, live 30 minutes away in, in, in uh, Ocean Springs. What band are you in? Uh, I'm not in a band. Like, I got a... Um, oh, okay. I, I'm just doing the singer-songwriter route right oh, now. Oh, cool, cool. And um, hopefully this year, like, I've taken on, like, a lot of roles. I was planning uh, on dropping the album 
getting it recorded and it being out at the end of summer, but uh, I'm yeah. not I'm not sure on that anymore. <laughs> yeah, do you do you find it more uh, difficult to, to do solo? Like, is it more scary to get on stage for you or, or easier? I've uh, the last few times I played, uh, I rarely get on stage by myself. Yeah, um, yeah. As far as accompaniment, I just uh, usually I'll take a lead guitarist. Right, right. Because, like, me, uh, personally, if I'm doing 30 minutes, hour, hour and a half, yeah, I would get tired of myself. Sure. With an acoustic guitar. Sure. Because uh, I'm not going gonna, gonna to blow you away for an hour and a half. Yeah, that's. I, I know the feeling. I know what you're talking about. And uh, so if, any, you know, it gives me a little room to breathe. Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, I, I prefer, yeah, I prefer being by myself, man. Um, I've been in four different bands. Uh-huh. Ne- never had any bad breakups. Um, sure. You know, it just, it was life changes for those guys, and it was time for them to go, and, you know, you'd replace them, and uh, maybe it would die, and you would start up another band out of the embers. And, sure. Um, but lately it's just been, you know what? With the album and with everything that I'm going to try to do in the future with music, I'm going to write the music myself. I'll have everything prepared. And if someone wants to come and play or be on the album, they can write or, uh, you know, they can play yeah. what I wrote. Absolutely, yeah. And that's, you know, so this, we do have a core of the band, like mainly me and Chip, and, and to a little bit lesser degree nowadays, Lance, because he doesn't do all the shows. But... Uh, yeah, like I said, it's kind of loose, you know. So, and then there's occasions, not too often, but every once in a while I'll do it solo. And I would think all I would have to do is take the S off the name, but people still call it Green Mantle. So maybe they think it's my name. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so it's always a little, for me, yeah, it helps to have at least one other person out there. You know, it's always a little strange when you're by yourself, you know. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, and like you're saying too, you know, it's like there's only so much you can do. If I, if I was the world's greatest guitar player, I could probably keep you happy for two hours. Yes, yeah. acoustic guitar. But, yeah, know. and I've uh, I've got a couple of friends. You know, they'll do the loop tracks, or uh, you know, oh, they, they sure, may sure. they may come out of a, a drum track. Um, sure. And that's fine and well, but dude, I really I'm not interested in taking the time to like put on a show like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's in anything. Definitely, when you're doing the loops, if you do them live, it's 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 a tight wire act. You know, you can you can you're on thin ice. And he you does. Can, and uh, yeah. I, like I tell him, uh, the last time I saw him, it was maybe last year, and it had been probably a year since I'd seen him before that. And his improvement and how tight everything, I was blown away. Like it was really sure. it was really well done. You could tell he, he put the time in. And uh, he yeah. was like, "Man, you ought to." You got the pedals and everything you need at the house to do it. You ought to start. And I was like, man, I like to do like a drum beat loop and, you know, little yeah. things. But I was like, you built a whole song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's like so when you're doing the tracks, there's always a little bit of, at least I try to put in a little bit of leeway. But and it's not that tough like as, as i used to think because when i was playing in industrial bands in the 90s of course the technology wasn't there either but there were times that they were disasters so it made me nervous but then 
somewhere in the, I don't know, mid 2000s or so, I started to incorporate that a little bit more because, you know, like, oh, the drummer can't make it, but we've got the bass player. We'll, you know, we'll just use the drum tracks or whatever. And, uh, but I also like the aesthetic of it too. I like, like I said, I like Depeche Mode. I like that Skinny Puppy. I like all those kind of bands that did that sort of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and it keeps you honest because you, there is some leeway within the tracks. You can screw up and people won't know necessarily. But there are certain moments where if you go off, you're gonna it's gonna it's gonna be noticeable. Yeah. So you're forced to okay know it as a drum track, know it as, and then know it with you know your regular drummer and then fill in drummers, and so or, or you're by yourself even. So then you've been thrown into any kind of situation and hopefully to survive no matter what's thrown at you yeah man but uh i think it's the music box is the place i'm talking about um oh yeah i've heard about that alabama music box yeah yeah that's down in mobile um yeah i'll uh like i'll I'll share i'll i'll float that around and see what i can do to get y'all but the horror scene there like all my friends in mobile in that area this past Halloween, I went down there. They always throw a hell of a Halloween party. Oh, and, cool, uh, cool. So I was like, yeah. I, th- I think y'all would have like a immediate following for that. Oh, that's great, man. Well, you know, we I, I appreciate it very much. Uh, we we start our first show was in was Halloween of two thousand two. We've always done a Halloween show, you know. So. And actually, this last Halloween, <laughs> this last Halloween show, we did it at the Celtic in Pascagoula, and we came back, and my bass player called me about 5.30 in the morning, because we didn't realize, you'd think you'd know, but in late October, there was a, it's really just a tropical storm, I guess, but it didn't seem like it was that big a deal, and we went through some weather, and we got home, so he called me at like 5.30 in the morning, It's like, dude, so you never believe it. This pine tree fell and came, you know, inches from crushing me in my house. And I'm like, Jeez. well, I, yeah. And I was like, well, that's okay. I can beat that because when I got home, two oak trees fell through my house while I was in the room. Like the ceiling fell on me and everything. And Jeez, dude. Yeah. So I came, I would say three or four seconds because I was walking towards, and then all of a sudden it fell. And luckily it was an oak tree. The pine tree goes so quick. Like you, you, you don't have time. It's no. just going to cut right through your house. You're going to no, die. I mean, just, yeah, just that you're in you the know. safest place that you think you could possibly be. You're in your home. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, because a tree's going to fall any second. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that, that had so, to be surreal. So, yeah, it was crazy. And so so we had come we had come back, and, and it was probably 4.30 or something in the morning, and all of a sudden, now it was two oak tree. One oak tree fell, hit the other oak tree, and they both fell into right in the room that I was, you know, right, right in my room. And the interesting thing was we had all our equipment downstairs because it wasn't – we had just come back from the show, and I was too lazy to drag it up you know, or whatever. So none of, the, none of the equipment got messed up. And I didn't have a scratch on me, but, I, you know, the ceiling had hit me in the glass from, like, there was a, a skylight, the, the part of the – the tree went through the skylight so i had glass all over me but for some reason not a scratch so it's like okay (laughs) so that was like halloween that was like in some ways the ultimate halloween show because you get a little you know a tree attacks you tree attacked both of us at the end so yeah 
not a almost not a great ending at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> but hey, we, we were alive, yeah. so like we were yeah. like okay, and it's, it was weird. It sucks, because, but it could have sucked a whole lot more. <laughs> oh hell yeah! And it was a strange thing about it was that it was one of these storms that no one even thought was a big, like see, we went and played and we didn't think it was that the moon ran through some weather but it was no big deal and no one really there was a little bit of, of destruction here and there yeah. but uh for the most part you know i mean i'm lucky i had insurance so it wasn't the end of the world for me but you know it was uh both of us he's you know the fact that he had called me and, and came i mean inches from that hitting if it had hit where he was at because he was in a duplex it would have taken the entire place out and he's like i can't believe it and i'm like dude check this out come over look yeah. at this and no one else had any problems everyone's like what do you mean it was just some some bad weather huh <laughs> yeah. you know so yeah i was uh i lived down in mobile um and the the last part of it I, that's when i worked at Ingalls, but uh i was down there for six years and i think during that time, we had uh, two hurricanes and two tropical storms, oh, and sure. uh, I evacuated for the last one. And right when I left, I wanted to turn around and like, cause it, you know, mm-hmm. I was weather app. It had darted right, and it was gonna hit Florida. And I was like, well, I could go back. Well, I'm already halfway yeah. home. I'll just go home and visit family. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Well, we had stayed. Me and my brother had stayed for Katrina so we were there which we really probably shouldn't have you know but (laughs) we stayed and we knew which direction the wind was going to blow so if the trees came down they wouldn't hit the house but it's just funny to think that something like Katrina uh, made it through you know but uh, then this little storm I don't even I don't even know the name of the storm and it it nearly took me out nearly took the bass player out you know, it's very strange. Yeah. So no one's, everyone's like, wait a second, what storm at the end of October? It's unusual, too, to have any kind of tropical thing hit here that late. Yeah. You know, in Florida, maybe, but not here. Right. So, uh, but yeah, you see, that's the thing you got, you always got to think about. There's the rising water. Well, I knew we were always safe from the water, you know, where, where, where I was at, not in New Orleans, but where I was at, well, I was safe from the water. Yeah. But boy, trees especially pine trees be careful with them <laughs> learned your They'll lesson take you out quick yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely well man to uh to start wrapping this thing up and getting it on out the door just to tell people the best ways to find your music and uh how to connect with you on social media and just to be aware of what y'all have going on okay on facebook we're a tribe of the green mammals or green mammals um in Reverb Nation, we're Green Mantles. SoundCloud, we're Green Mantles. And there's a Green Mantles um, station, um, whatever, channel on uh, YouTube. Okay. So that's where all our stuff is. Well, all right. Well, man, anything else to add or subtract? Um, No, no. I just, you know, thank you so much. It's been nice talking to you. Definitely. Yeah, man. And, it's, uh, uh, you know, like right when you told me you was from the uh, Ocean Springs, New Orleans area, I was like, we're about to have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> See, sure. I, I was like, I'm not from there. I've spent quite a, uh, most of my adult life was spent down there. Uh, okay. Yeah, where, where are you from originally? Or? Uh, North Alabama. It's, uh, okay. it's around Tuscaloosa. If you're halfway. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. I'm 45 minutes west of there. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah right on the, uh, Alabama. Absolutely. 
Mississippi State line. Yeah, yeah. I knew, I knew the area. It's been a while since I've been that way. But, yeah, I definitely yeah. know what you're talking about. But, yeah, and so, like, right when you said that, I was like, we're we going to be able to jam. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, man. But, yeah. Well, Brian, thank you so much, man. All right. Well, thank you. All right. It's been another episode. Peace out, brother. All right, man. News and notes. As always, if you haven't done so already, I would ask that you would rate, review, subscribe to the show. Uh, whatever platform it is that you listen to on, if it's YouTube, uh, subscribe, leave a comment, give a shout out. Uh, really appreciate you being involved. You can also find us on social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we got things related to the show, and we got our sketches that we do uh, just to make you laugh or to make you think that uh, we're a whole lot weirder uh, or this actual weirdness, I guess. Also, go check out uh, Green Mantles. Uh, go find them on Facebook and uh, support what they have going on YouTube and SoundCloud and where you can find all their music. And if you're in the area, go catch the show. Go support them live. All right, that's going to do it for me. Uh, we're going to share a song called In Too Deep. And uh, I'm out of here, guys. Peace out.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.